Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast. I am Rick Thomas. So glad that you are here. This is episode 293. About 15 minutes ago, I wrapped up a premarital counseling session with a young, head over heels, in love couple who are about to get married in just a few months. They reached out to me a couple of months ago and asked if I would do some pre-married counseling, and I told them that I would. Now, they happen to also be a family friend. I have known uh, the, the young lady who's getting married. I've known her for virtually all of her life. We have been We've interacted a lot, our family, with their family, and we all love each other very much. And so that is the exception. I don't do counseling any longer. I stopped counseling for the most part in 2015 because our ministry had, God had blessed it to the extent that I had two full-time jobs, and so I'm just not able to to keep up any longer. And so I had to make a, a decision Uh, way back when to either continue on with a counseling career, uh, meeting with one person, one couple, one family at a time, or uh, I can continue on with whatever the Lord seems to be doing with this ministry. And where I landed, obviously, as I stopped counseling and continued to do what I believe the Lord was doing a good work with this ministry, and so we, we shut down counseling for the most part. In the early days, we had uh, some of our graduates from our mastermind program do the counseling instead of me, and they did that for a while. And then we finally got to the point in, I think it was January of 2019, where we had to shut that down as well because the ministry continued to grow. And it's really just a human resource thing. We could not keep up any longer. And that is a positive, optimistic, grateful statement. It's not a negative or critical one at all. And it was the right decision to make. And so we have continued on. Uh, working with this ministry and and building it out and just trying to reach as many people with the practical message of Jesus Christ, and God continues to bless it. So for all of that, I am grateful. But there have been sacrifices along the way, and one of the things that I just could not do is meet with people to do uh, counseling. Of course, my counseling sessions are are long. I meet with couples typically uh, for two hours, but it's not just a two-hour meeting. It's it's getting to know them before, whether it's through email correspondence or whatever the interaction may be. The actual meeting itself, then formulating homework assignments and interaction after the meeting, after I meet with them, and then whatever questions that come up along the way. So when you meet with one person, one couple, one family, it is very time-consuming, and that is the only way that I, I recommend doing it. Biblical counseling is a relational opportunity that the counselor has to serve a family, but not just in a counseling session. We want to give them comprehensive care. And so as you can you can discern from what I'm sharing with you that there was so much time involved and it was labor intensive and I've been doing it that way for decades now and that's just the way that I counsel because we want to care for people and so I had to stop. I'm saying this because I know some people will hear that that I had a counseling session and they will reach out to me and they will want me to meet with them and as much as I appreciate it and as much as I'm I'm sad for whatever situational or relational difficulty they're going through, 
I am just not able to do that. I would if I could, but I I can't. I work long, very long days and virtually every day of the week because we're a 24-7 shop because we built it in, in cyberspace. And I just don't have that discretionary time where I can meet with people. But that being said, there was there was this exception with my uh, family friends who friend who was getting married to this young man and and they reached out and so I met with them over over five sessions over the last I would say month and a half. My typical pre-married counseling is uh, five sessions and what I'm thinking about doing is building out. Uh, five modular course studies for a young couple to take if they're going through pre-marriage. And I want to cover some of the things uh, in these five modulars that they can get from our ministry and work through them, uh, similar to our Mastermind program, an LMS, a learning management system, but yet way smaller and only five lessons, interactive lessons with different kinds of course content in it, whether it's reading content, listening content, or video content plus interactive stuff, including reading my book on marriage that I wrote a couple of years ago. And so I'm thinking about building out this five-lesson set for young couples that want to go to pre go through pre-marriage, and it could be the main thing that they do, or it can be supplemental. And so we're, we're in process. We're in the beginning stages of building out these courses. So I met with this young couple and just finished just a few moments ago, our last session, and the young man began the session by asking what, because we're at the end of the road here as far as pre-marriage counseling is concerned, and he asked, what are some of the keys that can make a, a marriage not just good but lasting? And I gave him three keys, and I want to share those with you. In fact, this is episode 293, and the title of this episode is Three Things Every Couple Need to Know to Have a Lasting Marriage. And so I want to share these three things with you. And no matter where you are in your marriage, I, pre-married to been married for a long time, I've, I would just appeal to you to evaluate where you are in the marriage. And and to if, if these things are foreign to you, I would appeal to you to introduce these things to your marriage. Now, I am well aware it takes two to do this. And so there will be many people that are listening to this podcast and they'll say, well, that's just great, Rick, but my spouse has zero interest in that. I understand. And I know that that is a reality. And I'm very sad. I'm sad for your marriage. I'm sad for you. I'm glad that you want to, and 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 I would pray that you continue to to ask God to to turn the heart of your spouse, and and that you seek to find whatever help is appropriate for your marriage, so that you can get it to the place to where you can implement these things into your life. And so I I do recognize that this will not apply to everyone, but if two people a husband and wife, or in a pre-married situation, a, a man and a woman, if they're interested, both of them are interested, then I highly appeal to you to implement these things 
uh, into your lives. Now, what I'm going to do in these show notes, episode 293, I am going to put some links here and video links because I want you to have this information and we give our information, we give our content away free. And so if you're, if you're interested, a husband and wife, then there's really no excuse. You can access these resources and you can benefit from them immediately. Now, I am doing this podcast for this couple. I'm going to send this to them after, after I finished. And so young couple who is in love, I, I want you to, to listen to this pod, keep listening to this podcast, and then I want you to bookmark episode 293, and I'm going to give you a lot of homework for you to keep. As I was telling them, pre-marriage counseling is it's not, it's not the primary thing. Uh, because this young couple, all young couples, they're just in love and everything is just going fantastic. It's like uh, teaching a couple about parenting and going to parenting classes and they don't have children. Uh, there's a difference between going to a parenting class when you have them children or have that baby waking you up at 3 o'clock in the morning and your husband's over there sound asleep and not about to get up. There's a difference in knowing how to interact with a child when you have one versus talking about it theoretically. And that's what pre-marriage counseling is. It's theoretical more than practical. And as I told them, you call me in six months. Because pre-marriage counseling is really to set up a relationship with your counselor so that six months into the marriage or a year, or even six years into the marriage, you can contact that person that did your pre-marriage counseling and say, we're ready now. Uh, the, the, the love has drained from our relationship, and, and we need help. And for those of you who've been married, you, you know what, I am, what I'm, I'm talking about. And so there's a big difference. It's similar also like going to college. You go to college to learn something, but you're not actually doing it. And so it's a lot of, a lot of theory. And so I trust that this couple will take episode 293, and, and as they listen to it, they will bookmark it, and, and they will go through the links and the resources that I have in these show notes so that they can benefit for, uh, from it when they're really in the throes of marriage and when problems start coming at them between each other. And so the young man asked me, he said, what are the top three things? And I, I struggle a little bit because all of them are equally the same. And so it's not that there's necessarily an order here, but you have to know all of these, all three of these things and implement them accordingly. And so I'll just give you the words that I gave them, and then I'll walk through them individually to make sure uh, that I try to be as clear as I possibly can. And then for further supplemental reading, you can get into these show notes if you want to dig deeper into these three, uh, into these three things. Episode 293, three things every couple need to know to have a lasting marriage. They are communication, repentance, and affection. Those are the three things that, that I told them. The session that I had last with them two weeks ago was on communication. 
and we walk through this idea communication I call koinonia, which is the fancy semantic Greek word for communication, means fellowship, means participation, means communication. It's two people participating in this three-part relationship of husband, wife, spirit, the Holy Spirit. True communication from a Christocentric perspective is a spirit-illuminated, spirit-empowered relationship between a husband and a wife. So there's three people that are part of that relationship. You need the Holy Spirit to be part of your communication because He illuminates the mind. He empowers you. He brings conviction when communication is, is not right. And so to have communication between two people that is not spiritual in nature, well, that's going to send you down uh, some bad paths. Because the natural person, as Paul told us in Corinthians 2.14, the natural person does not understand the things of God. They are natural people. There is no spirit. There's no illumination. There's no empowerment. There's no conviction. They have no understanding. So therefore, they can only work from a human-centered perspective. And so true koinonia is a three-person relationship, spirit, husband, and wife. And then we walk through the dynamics of that communication. And if you want to have a lasting, a good, you can have a lasting marriage and it can be pitiful. I realize that. But if you want a lasting marriage that is good, then you really have to be intentional and understand what communication is. Now, the basic definition, the way that we talk about it within our ministry, is that true koinonia is when two people are sharing their full relationship with God with each other. And what I mean by full relationship with God meaning you have there's two parts of your relationship with God. There are things that you're doing well and there's things that you need to improve. You remember when you came home from school in the fifth grade and you had your report card in hand and down in one of your uh, disciplines, one of the classes that you took, it says needs needs to improve. Well, that's the way we are with our relationship with the Lord. There are some things where we are nailing it. We are appropriating the grace of God in our lives, and we are not just transformed, but we are transforming, and we're doing quite well within those specific areas. But then there are other areas where we just fall down on the Christian job, and we're not doing well. That's the negative side, the dark side of our relationship. And when you go into your typical local church, meeting on Sunday morning, and and you ask a person, how are they doing? They're more than likely going to put their best foot forward. They're going to tell you that that I, I'm doing great, and and I've been reading God's Word, and, and God did this, and God did that, and, and I just appreciate the Lord today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You'll hear a lot of that. But there's another part to all of our relationships, and we have to be honest about that. Not talking about putting it out on Facebook and just revealing your entire mind to any person with no social filter. There are people who do that. 
But to appropriate people, we want to be vulnerable and we want to be transparent. We want to talk about the areas in our lives where we're not getting it right, in areas where we need to grow, where there is there is room for improvement. A strong biblical marriage talks about both sides of their relationship with God. And so as I defined communication, I said is two individuals who are sharing their full experience with God with each other. And so you have these transparent conversations with your spouse about areas where you struggle, areas where you need to grow. And then as a mature spouse, you want to be intentionally intrusive into your spouse's relationship. And so when you see them limping along or crawling along, you want to be able to bring that to their attention in a loving and caring, redemptive, transformative way. And it's like, baby, I noticed that when you were talking to this person, you seemed, you seemed frustrated. Can it, is there something going on there? And again, a, a maturing relationship will lean into that because they want to have true koinonia, participation in the Spirit, is again another way to define koinonia or communication. And so it's like, oh, thank you. Yes, you're right. I am frustrated. And it did come out. I appreciate you speaking into my life. And so when this young couple asked what are the top things that we need to know, remember, apply into our marriage, one of those is this kind of communication. And what I would appeal to you to do is I have some links. In fact, right now, as of this podcast, there's a free book in the blue banner that runs across the top of all the pages of our website. It's a free booklet, ebook on communication. And it's about 9,000 words. It's not big, but it is effective. In fact, I had someone write today and ask if they could translate uh, that booklet into German. And it's like, yes and, and amen. Anybody that is adept at translation work and you want to translate our articles into any language, I want you to reach out to us and let's start that conversation. The answer is yes, we want you to do it, and we want our articles translated. But that communication book, I hope that we can get it translated uh, into German so the German people can benefit from it in their own in their own language. But I would appeal to you, if you're English-speaking, can read English, uh, that you would get this free book. It's a free book. Again, we give our resources away as much as we can. People underwrite this ministry and support us, and I just thank God for every one of them because they are doing an amazing work by their partnership with us because it allows us to reach this person in Germany who can get our resources and benefit from them freely. And that is a fantastic thing. As an aside, we're also talking with someone in Romania who wants to translate our resources as well. God is doing a remarkable thing. And for those of you who are supporting this ministry, thank you so, so much. We will never know on this side of heaven all that God is doing because of your generosity. And so I appeal to you to get this book and read it on communication. And so 
What are three things that every couple needs to know and apply to have a lasting marriage? I said communication, repentance, and affection. The second one is repentance. And in today's premarital counseling session, I gave them basically a a rock. I skipped a rock across the pond. We just hit the highlights because there's so much data inside this idea of repentance. But one of the things that I told them that out of hundreds and thousands of people that I have counseled for 25 years, when I ask this question, will you walk me through how you repent to your husband, to your wife, to your family member, to your parent, to your child, talk to me about this idea of repentance. I have never had a person to be able to explain to me what full repentance is. They they talk about parts of it, aspects of it. Of course, they're meeting me for counseling because they have ongoing problems in their lives, which typically means that they don't know how to repent because theoretically, if you know how to repent, you probably don't need counseling, though I know there can be some exceptions exceptions to that. But as a general rule, most people don't understand how to repent, and that is why uh, all of us need to have a healthy understanding, a substantial understanding of the doctrine of repentance, which means the teaching of change. What is the Bible's teaching on how to change? Because if you don't know how to change, guess what? (laughs) You won't change. You can't repent if you don't know how to repent. You can't cooperate with God in this aspect of change or repentance if you don't know how to do it. And so what I did is I, I took this idea of repentance and I stretched it out like a rubber band. In fact, I had a rubber band on my desk. We were doing a Zoom call, and I held it before the camera, and I said, this rubber band is repentance. Now I'm going to stretch it out, and I want to get inside and look at all the component parts of repentance. Now, the way that we teach it, there are 13 steps to repentance, and I walk through briefly, briskly, walk through all 13 of them just to give them an idea and then told them you really need to read this article on repentance listen to the podcast i have a 1 hour webinar that is free to you a 1 hour webinar that you listen to me right now you can go to these show notes in episode 293 and you can sit down for a 1 hour and i promise you you will not be disappointed it is valuable information that you want to pay attention to and begin applying in your life An imperfect person marrying an imperfect person is a guarantee. There is a 100% guarantee that there will be imperfection in your marriage. You're going to do things that are wrong. You're going to do things to each other that are wrong. You're going to hurt. You're going to offend. You're going to be unkind, uncharitable. You're going to be angry with each other. There will be disappointment strewn all along the way in your marriage, but we are the people who can actually repent. God grants repentance, and he calls us to cooperate 
with him in this wonderful practice of changing our lives. And so there's no, it's not just passive obedience, what God does to us, but it is active obedience as we are also doers of the word. And so as God begins to enact and grant repentance to us, we want to know how to respond to him. And that's what we walk through in this in this pre-marriage counseling session. And again, you can uh, you can read all about it or watch all about it uh, as you access the resources in episode 293. If you don't do this, then the accumulative effect of undealt with, unrecognized, or unconcerned about the sin in our lives, well, there will be, it's called sweeping under the rug. And after a while, you won't even be able to walk through the room because the rug will be so clumpy and it will be mountainous because there's so many undealt with sins. And because of that, if you don't deal with it, there will be other sins that will begin to collect around this original sin, whatever it is that comes between you and your spouse. There will be things like bitterness and unforgiveness and and anger and even regret. Why in the world did I marry this person? I wish I had not married this person. So if you take care of it succinctly, quickly, efficiently, when it happens, then all these other sins can't collect around nothing, but they will collect around something. And so you want to understand and practice Excuse me, this idea of repentance. And so what are three things that every couple need to know to have a lasting marriage? One is this idea of communication. Two is this idea of, of repentance, how to change. And then three is affection. Now, again, it's not necessarily in this order. All of these are equal, and it just depends on the need of the moment. But as I told this young couple that you you want to always maintain affection in your relationship. I'm not going to say it to you the way that I said it to, to them, but because I know some of my listeners would be offended. But let's just say that we want to be romantic. Uh, Lucia and I love to, to dance uh, in the kitchen. Uh, our children have more than one video of us just breaking out in spontaneous dancing. I'm talking about, I'm talking about affection here. I'm talking about hand holding, grabbing each other, loving each other, kissing on each other, being giggly with each other. Those those things that you had in the dating relationship, you want them not just to continue uh, throughout your entire married life, but for them to intensify in every good way. Uh, When you grow older with the woman of your dreams, the, the woman of your youth or the spouse of your youth, that affection, it's not the superficial, shallow affection that young people have, and I know young people think, well, no, this is not shallow. It's very deep and serious. Well, I, I realize that. I mean, puppy love is is love to the puppy. But when you grow older together, that puppy love really matures into something that is is not just giddy and warm, but it is it is deep 
and and it is substantial. And one of the reasons for that is is because if you practice the doctrine of repentance, when you go to the mat with someone, I have sinned against Lucia more than any other human in the world, and she has sinned against me more than any other human in the world. We have reconciled more times than we've ever reconciled with anyone in the world. And when you have that kind of relationship, there's nothing there's nothing to hide. There's nothing to protect. You're, you're exposed. You know each other through and through, and you love each other through and through. That is a mature love that you can have. And that's why communication, where you're talking about all things, not just the positive side of your relationship with God, but the negative side as well, and then repentance, because there are negatives to your relationship, and sometimes you will hurt each other, and you clean up those messes. Well, guess what? That affection is going to be deeper and deeper and deeper. And so I trust that these help you, and I know that some people who are listening to this, it will be disappointing, and it will be burdensome and, and sad to them, because they feel like, and, and maybe they, maybe the marriage is just too far now, and we can't recover. That is another. I've written a ton on that. I've written on unchangeable situations. I've written on despair and hope, and and all sorts of marriage problems. I would appeal to you to jump on our website and start looking for the resources that are appropriate to where you are in your relationship with your spouse. But this is not about that. This is about a young couple who, who is getting ready to leave the port, and they're heading across the ocean. And the goal is for them to end at the same place. But if they're a degree or two off where they are sitting in the port right now, well, 50 years from now, they're going to be a zillion miles separated from each other uh, because of the distance and the space that will continue to accumulate in their lives. This podcast is for them. But whatever your situation is, if we can serve you, please reach out to us. Please take advantage of these resources. Episode 293, three things every couple need to know to have a lasting marriage. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.